Save Weems Ancient Cave Society was formed in 1986 by locals in the village of East Weems. This was done in response to stolen cars being repeatedly set alight inside the caves which resulted in the destruction of several Pictish carvings. Alongside vandalism, the society also has to cope with natural erosion and the passing of time, but in spite of these and other hurdles faced by the group, they have managed to not only maintain an important local heritage site, but have succeeded in making it more physically accessible to wheelchair users, as well as using modern technology to explore the caves in ways which would have been unimaginable not too long ago. I'm speaking today with Society Chair Mike Arrowsmith to learn more about the caves and what's being done to preserve them. My name is Michael McLaren and this is Down the Lane With. So hi Mike and thank you for coming along to the centre today. Pleasure. So before we begin going through what the society does, can you tell us a bit about the caves, how old they are, how many there are and why they are so special? Yeah, the caves themselves were created at the end of the Ice Age, so about 10,000 years or so ago. Where the caves are now would have been under several metres of ice. And as the ice melted, that scoured out the caves from the very soft red sandstone. So in geological terms, they're very new caves. But from the moment people started coming back to Scotland at the end of the Ice Age, they would have been used for just about anything you could name. So we have evidence of farming, of people being buried there, and of course the carvings that people left behind them in the caves. The reason they're special is because they contain the biggest single collection of Pictish carvings anywhere. And we think that they're very likely to be some of the earliest carvings as well. So this is where the whole idea of carvings began in places like Weems. So there are other caves around Scotland with Pictish carvings in, but something like 90% of all Pictish carvings in caves are on that site at Weems. There are currently... Depending on how exactly you count them, because there's some wee little caves that we don't really count as caves, but probably seven that you can still visit on site. A couple have been lost over the years. That's due to coastal erosion, to industrial activity on the site, particularly the mining has caused collapse in some places. But that's why they're unique, really, because of the early date. And we've got evidence from excavations that we did back in 2019 which suggests that the Picts were carving there probably from around the the 3rd century AD so 1700 years ago but we're also fairly sure that there are carvings that go back even further than that in time possibly up to 3,000-4,000 years ago. So your organisation is of course Save Weems Ancient Cave Society. What risk are they at that they require conservation? Well, we're called the Save Weems Ancient Cave Society from when we were founded back in 1986. And the reason we were founded was because at the time there was a road ran all the way down along in front of the caves. And in the 80s, with the industrial decline of the area and the associated problems that that created, lack of employment, lack of educational opportunities and so on, it was a bit of a hotspot for antisocial behaviour. And because the caves, some of them are some distance away from the village, it meant that on a Friday or Saturday night, you can just go down there and get up to whatever it is you want to get up to. And one of the things that they got up to was driving stolen cars along the seafront into one of the caves and setting fire to them. And we know this happened at least three times, just in 1986. And on the final occasion, the fire destroyed a panel of Pictish carvings. And that was the point at which three local people, three in particular, it was more than just those, but local historian, local school teacher, and the local post 
Christie got together, called a meeting and founded the Save Weems Ancient Cave Society because something had to be done at that point. They put in protective gates, but they didn't have much money to do with it. They weren't made of sort of material you need to make these things from in a, a coastal environment like that. And so they rusted through very quickly. They only had a padlock securing them, which was snipped through within a couple of weeks of going on. So they've never really been protected. I think there's a real basis to turn around the whole way in which the caves have been viewed. Historically, they've been seen as important, but a bit of a burden because they're impossible to police, impossible to look after. If we can turn that around and get them seen as an asset, something that actually creates employment. A lot of the themes for the regeneration of the Leavenworth area are about inclusive spaces, safer spaces, and we very much fit in with that. Hopefully we can actually establish that this is a place to come and a place to visit and, most importantly, a place to spend money and a place to create employment. I seem to remember that the caves were closed for a while, but I believe they're open to the public again with this month being the start of the tour season. Are they accessible only through guided tours or are they open for people to visit at any time? No, they're actually always open, although to get the best experience, it's always best to come on a guided tour because you don't necessarily know what you're looking for, the context of them. And some of them are quite hard to find and quite hard to see because they have been damaged so badly over the years. So it's always best to come on a guided tour. But there's only one cave that's closed at the moment, and that's Well Cave, where there was some rockfall. And so we closed that off as a safety measure. But we do, on request, take people in there as well. So we want the caves to be as open as possible to people. We want people to come and appreciate what's there. The downside of having them open all the time, though, is that it does mean that they're vulnerable to antisocial behaviour, so graffiti, other vandalism, people setting fires in the caves and so on. So one of the things that we're been trying to do for the last two years and the final t's are being crossed and the i's dotted but it's almost certain that over this summer we're going to be able to put in protective gates over two of the caves and that's where the most important carvings are and the idea there is that we're not closing them during the day we want people to come and see and appreciate what's there but it means we can close them off and protect them at night which is when all the problems arise but as i say every sunday we do guided tours from our museum the Terrace Hall, which used to be the, the, the guide and scout hall in the village. We run tours out of there where we take people along the caves that are really still safely accessible. And that takes a couple of hours for the full tour. I remember visiting the caves when I was at primary school. Do you still have school visits and are the children still interested in the history of them? We do. We've just recently done a project with the East Wings Primary School where we had a number of children down at the museum. It used to be the case in the 1980s and 1990s when we were based in the environmental centre in the basement of the primary school and that worked as a base to get kids in from other schools and visits from other schools down to the caves and that was much more systematic. Part of the problem there though was that as health and safety became more prominent and insurance and things, schools were more reluctant to bring a bunch of kids down to a potentially hazardous environment and so that fell away a bit it's been changing though and we're doing much more work with local schools deliberately because the future of the caves depends on the next generations i'm not going to be here in 20 years time doing what i'm doing and it needs that new generation of people to step in so getting that young generation interested and active and involved is something that we're very very keen on we did a festival a few years ago where we had pictish reenactors we ran a medieval market up at Macduff castle where the kids could have a go at archery and things so trying to bring the history to life is something that we're definitely trying to do we're looking into creating a pictish garden 
at the back of the museum where we're going to grow plants that they would have used for dyes, things like woad and madder, but also the crops that they would have used to eat, but also medicinally. And that's something that we hope can also engage kids to come down and actually take an active part in in looking after that Pictish garden, which will be a unique resource. There's nothing else like it in Scotland. So last month saw the completion of a new all-weather path provided by Paths for All, which will make the Cork Cave and the Dew Cave more accessible for users of wheelchairs and mobility scooters. This was given its first visit last month by the 4th and Tayside Disabled Ramblers. What did they have to say about it? I think they loved it. It was a fantastic sight to have 25 or more people in mobility scooters and wheelchairs for the first time being able to go in and see this heritage which belongs to them as much as anybody else until now because of the uneven surfaces it just wasn't possible to get in and see the court cave and we're hoping to do more of that sort of thing in in the future but for now it means that obviously people can come down i was down there last week and i saw a couple of mobility scooters going into the cave and that's really nice to see that people are taking advantage of it and using it. There's nothing like actually looking at these carvings that were made 1,700 years ago, where they were made, in a way that you can't possibly sort of get that experience from a virtual model or the sort of things that we, we put online. Yeah, we're very, very pleased with that and very grateful to Perth for all for, for funding that. You also have a virtual site, Weems Caves 4D, which is accessible through your website. Could you explain why this was created and what else listeners could find on this virtual view of the caves? This was about five years ago the project started and the idea was first of all to take a complete digital record of the caves because there are problems with erosion, there's problems with some of the ground surfaces and so the first thing we wanted to do is have an absolutely accurate model. I mean if sea level continues to rise in the same way it does and climate change continues to take the same trajectory in 150 years the caves might not actually be accessible anymore. So it's important for us to have that extremely accurate model so that if anything god forbid did happen to the caves that there's always that record to fall back on so that was that was the the main purpose what it also allowed us to do though was bring the experience of the caves to people that can't physically come and come and visit and also our museum we created a virtual reality version of it so that people that can't navigate the full site because there are 90 steps halfway around which means that some people can't visit the entire site they can stick on the headset and get as close as we can get to the real experience of being in the caves but what it also allowed us to do is having those digital models we could actually use those to play around with the site and put it back to how it was in history, which is why we call it the 4D Weems Caves website, because it's the 3D models and the fourth dimension is time. So you can step back and look at what it was like in 1900, when there would have been major industrial activity going on. We reconstructed the gasworks, the Buckhaven and East Weems gasworks, which has long been mostly destroyed by the sea. And we can show how the landscape has changed. So over time, at various points in the past, there's been 30 to 50 metres of land out in what is now the sea, which means that the landscape as it's used now wasn't the same as it would have been used in the past. The caves wouldn't have been right on the sea edge as they are now. There would have been plenty of space in front for activities. And it also allowed us to repair some of the damage. So having a digital model, we could remove the brick pillars that were put up in the 1920s and 1930s to try and support the roof. We could remove all the rockfall, take away the trees and get an idea of how it would have looked back in Pictish times. I remember a a live virtual tour taking place a couple of years ago. Is this something that you've done since or are you thinking of doing again? 
we've done it a couple of times. That was during lockdown when we couldn't take people physically into the caves. We thought, let's try a different way of doing it. Had a very successful live Facebook broadcast. That's still out there if you look on our Facebook page. And it's also up on YouTube, that virtual guided tour. And that's we used the 4D website as the source for that. So just navigated around it. The 4D website contains all sorts of information. It's not just models of the caves. It's the entire history of what we know about each of the individual caves and the site as a whole. So we may do it again. One of the things we're looking at doing is transferring the virtual reality version that we have onto the website so that if you have a virtual reality headset, you'll be able to view the site at your own pace using your VR headset. We're also looking at augmented reality where you can take your smartphone into the caves and point it at a wall and it will show you exactly where the carvings are and maybe have a bit of commentary, audio commentary as well. So using technology in a way that actually brings them to life for people is something that we're very, very keen to do. Well, thanks for coming along today, Mike, and best of luck with the future of your society. That's okay. If if anybody wants a tour, check on our website and book a guided tour. And if anybody wants to come and support and help what we're doing, then we're always grateful for uh, anybody's interest and we're very welcome to have along. If you would like to know more about Save Weems Ancient Cave Society, the website and Facebook links can be found on the Linton Lane Centre website. Down the Lane With was presented by Michael McLaren. It was created by Marion McPherson and Michael McLaren and was a Jacket Pocket Media production for the Linton Lane Centre.